This podcast discusses difficult topics that may not be appropriate for all listeners. We are not doctors or therapists. None of our content should be construed as medical advice, nor as a substitute for professional help. Names and other specific identifying details are often changed for the privacy and protection of our guests. Our guests' experiences are shared as they experienced them. Opinions may not reflect the opinions of Beck and Ella or this podcast. There will also be adult language used. Lots of it. Listener discretion strongly advised. Hello. We want to give you a heads up before we start the episode that during our recording with Nicole and A, we were experiencing some connectivity issues and lost A's introduction audio. And you're not confused why A never introduced herself. She did. But technology is a fickle beast. Meanwhile, we're very lucky that we did get the rest of the audio and we have a great show for you today. So please enjoy. Well, hello, Ella. Hi, Beck. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. How's your week? It's good. But it was a busy one. Good deal. Well, we are back today with Nicole and A. They have a story for us today that is a whole lot like a soap opera, but it really happened. <laughs> and they are going to bring us that story today. Um, it's a little bit different. A lot of our episodes are about intimate partners or um, familial parents, familial. And this one is definitely not. This is what happens when a random internet stranger decides to wreak havoc on your life. So with that, want to introduce yourself? Yeah. So my name is not Nicole, but I'm going to use that because I'm still really afraid of this person. It's been a long time. And so I was an army wife. I found myself in Kentucky alone, just really missing community. And I met all of these wonderful women on the internet and we built something together. And it started with a cloth diaper group of all things. That's how this crazy story starts. Just trying to diaper our children. <laughs> yeah, it started, um, we're in this cloth diaper group and somebody who was later an admin, she said, oh, we need a group for all things crunchy. And I said, you know what, I, I'm gonna start one. So I started it and she asked, can I be an admin? And I said, sure. And she said, you know, I don't have a lot of time, but I'd love to, you know, do what I can. So we started this group and it exploded. I started that group um, like Christmas day. I don't know why I was on the internet on Christmas day, but I was. <laughs> I did Christmas Day, uh, yeah, 2012. <laughs> Christmas Day, 2012. I I started that group. We had hundreds of people within a week, and I mean, we grew to thousands really quickly within the year. And uh, sometime during that year, I don't I don't remember the the date or anything like that. I wish I did because date my life changed. I met her. Um, we had a get together. Uh, at somebody's house it was our first get together and there she is and I still remember you had your little baby you know you had your little headscarf and I just thought you were so cool and I'm like oh she's too cool for me <laughs> and so A is so good with words and good at diffusing situations and she's funny and so I had asked this admin that had come along board right when we started this group hey I know you don't have time so would you mind if I added A as an admin because I need help because this group is huge and we're having constant interaction, constant need for moderation because you know, people would occasionally start fights, but 
just we wanted more eyeball light. So uh, she said, sure, yeah, add her. I don't mind. Let's do this. And so that's kind of where A came on board. And then we were, I don't know, it was just, it was the secret sauce or something, something about the the way that we interacted with people really resonated and our group grew and we brought on more more amazing people into our community. Yeah, it really was the community too. I was telling Ella that aside from my neighbor, who is my very good friend, I can connect every single one of my friendships back to CCL in like six degrees of heaven bacon. Yeah, but it's been 11 years and I still, oh my gosh, it's been 11 years. I, I can't believe that, but I still occasionally get uh, random Facebook messages from people reminiscing about CCL and like, I just thought of you today and the group and I just want to tell you like how much I miss you guys. I miss the group. I miss our community and what a difference it made in our life. It sounds so crazy to think of this as a Facebook group. You know, when you tell the story, it's like Facebook, this all happened over Facebook, but it, it wasn't. It, the Facebook group was our, um, our launching point, but it became a community. Because of that, there were people that had a lot more experience in business or creating online communities like paid communities like Deuce. We actually had somebody approach us about monetizing CCL and putting it behind a paywall. And she approached me and said, you know, I, I know that this can be great and you guys can just really bank here. And um, and I just I thought about that. I'm like, well, that's that's not why we're doing this. Like, I don't want to pay well. Like, I mean, it'd be nice if someday we had a website with some ads and like I could pay my Internet bill with this. It was never I, we never wanted to do something like that. And so there were, there were a few people that uh, in the first probably two years came to us with those ideas. And we were like, no, that's just not for us. Like, no, we're not going to do that. I had come from Washington State. I'm from North Idaho, kind of the land of crunchiness. And I ended up, you know, really getting plugged in at CCL not so much initially because of, you know, friends, but because I really wanted to do right by my children. I really wanted to to take good care of them. I really was so focused on if I can just, you know, feed them well and and care for them well, then they'll be healthy because I have a lot of health problems. And so that was kind of how I came into CCO. And then the friendship thing just was a bonus. But then the the bonus became what it was all about and all of the other stuff went by the wayside and uh i remember joking as i was eating like wendy's with raw milk in the back of my car like man i, I guess this is valid here <laughs> that's i think what i learned um through ccl was the balance because i was i'm gonna look at it now and say obsessive probably to the point of some dysfunction like i never felt super judgy about other people or the choices they made but i was so focused on health because I'm so unhealthy that I just, you know, I wanted to do everything right. So I made my own bread. I drove all over the country trying to get raw milk and my kids never had a bite of anything they shouldn't have. And then, you know, I ended up with a kid with Graves disease yeah. and it just, I don't know, it, it's where I realized like I didn't have that kind of control. I couldn't guarantee health for my children. I couldn't do everything perfect. And even if I did do everything perfect, you know, life was still gonna happen. And so that was sort of a shifting point to see these women that were so accepting 
of, you know, you do the best you can with the information you have, and that's good enough. So those friendships really changed my life in that way and allowed me to have grace for myself that, man, that grace is really beneficial now because my life is insane. I don't bake bread. We don't drink raw milk. I hardly cook anymore. And I still, you know, have moments where I feel bad about it. But um, I, I learned through CCL and these friendships with you guys to have grace for myself. That's the lingering life change for me is just that I don't have to be perfect because nobody's perfect. And I, I can love myself and do the best that I can. And, you know, I don't even have to do the best that I can because that's a lot to do your best at everything every day. Right. Um, I'm just going to do good. Right. And be okay with it. So... I'm thinking about this timeline because there's so much to talk about. You know, so we had this community, this this great community, this loving community where we loved each other, we supported each other, we um, shored up businesses. There were several businesses that were struggling that by our numbers, we were able to change the trajectory of those. And this all kind of peaked to where we had this crunchy, I'm going to call it a crunchy expo because I don't want to use their real name, in 2014, where we were going to bring together all these businesses and vendors and people, you know, making wool dryer balls and mama cloth and just the just the diversity of goods and talent that we had within our community. We wanted to put that on display. And so we had this expo planned. It was our friend A's big idea. It, it was 100% her vision and uh, her leadership that made this happen. And so we're, we're getting this all together. And here, here's where Jody enters the picture. So Jody has been in our group, have had no trouble with her. The group is still there, by the way. We archived it. It's all still there. I wish I had looked to see when she joined because I don't think she'd been in that long. I, I really didn't know her or know who she was, but she had a booth at this expo she was planning. And uh, she asked me for the vector image for our logo that we had had designed. And I, I didn't even know what a vector image was. And I said, well, no, here's, you know, here's the logo. And she kept asking for the vector image. And I kind of filed that away when I found out what the purpose of a vector image was. Mm -hmm. And I thought, that's, that's weird. Huh. And then, okay, moving on. And so then next thing I know, she answered a press inquiry on our behalf representing the group. And so, you know, that what I don't even remember what she said. And I don't know that it was an issue with content. But we at that point, you know, as the group grew, now we're like 4000 some odd people. You know, when a group gets big, you do start to have growing pains, you do start to have infighting. And, you know, and so we had established some pretty firm ground rules and had pretty strong ideas about our messaging. And so it was really important to us to maintain our messaging. And so I I sent her just a, a Facebook message. And it was very kind and non-confrontational. Um, I am not a confrontational person at all. And I'm I'm good with my words, you know. And so it was just like, hey, um, I so I we noticed that you answered this press inquiry. And so we would just like to ask um, if you don't mind that if you ever get anything like that, would you mind just forwarding it on to our admin team so that we can really think about what we want to put out there? And th that was it. It was no thing, but but it was a thing. That moment kind of, I think about that not often anymore. I mean, it's been eight years since this, but I, I think about that sometimes and think, man, what would have happened if we had just ignored that? 
you know, and we had just let it slide. It would have been something else. Pro- yeah. I mean, yeah. So she, so now, so now we've had this like thing with her. So the, the, this expo was coming up and I get this phone call from her and she had my number because I had sold her something off of, um, well, I guess it wasn't Facebook marketplace. We didn't have that back then, but from a Facebook group, I had sold her something and brought it to her house, which is really far away. Anyway. So she messages me, can we talk? So she calls me and this conversation is weird from the get go. And I was like, Ooh, cause she's asking me all these questions about what we own. Um, asking about the logo. Well, who owns the logo? And I said, well, I mean, I, and I, I would assume, you know, our designer owns the logo. He he did this for us and he would own the copyright. Well, I looked and you guys haven't filed for copyright. And I'm I'm, you know, I'm not a business person. I don't know the language to use here, and I'm trying to explain that when you create a piece of art, you you own it. That's your art. You don't have to file any type of ownership over it. So that's that's what I'm trying to say is, well, we, you know, um, our, our designer owns the copyright. And, you know, I looked it up, da, 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 da. And, you know, what about this nonprofit? Well, um, we had realized that we needed to do something because one of the things we've left out is we did a lot of fundraising four people. The most prominent one was a woman in our group had cancer and she was trying to treat it naturally, which is very expensive. And so we were raising funds for her to go. I mean, she went to a cancer center. She was doing Gerson therapy, all this stuff. So we we had garage sales that benefited her. We were raising money to ship her breast milk when she was at this cancer center so that her baby could continue on breast milk. And so, you know, there's a lot of money happening and people would want to donate things like we had a mattress store want to donate a mattress for this family that had a house fire, but they want the tax write off. And we can't give that to them because we are not actually a nonprofit. We function like one. So we, I had a friend who was an environmental attorney, like he's not a business attorney, but he's an attorney. He can do this. So he talked to us um, and I lived in Kentucky. So I lived on the other side of the line in Kentucky. And so he said, yeah, you know what? We can do this. We can incorporate as a nonprofit. He's a friend. We're not a paying client. And so we were a low priority where he was working on this learning because this isn't his scope of law, putting this together. So he had it. He had drawn up articles of incorporation. We were going to file in the state of Kentucky because that's where I live as a nonprofit. And so that's that's in the works, but it's not finished. And so here I am on the phone with her and she's pushing me on this. And I looked it up and da, 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 da. And then she goes, you know, who has the final say on these things? And I and I said, I don't understand what you're talking about. Well, who who gets to make the final say? And I said, well, you know, I don't. We don't function like that. I don't make unilateral decisions. Uh, we we are a team. We are an admin team. And well, who's on your admin team? So I tell her, and so she mentions this original admin, and she goes, well, she founded the group. And I said, well, I mean, not technically, no, I, I did, and she came on right away, and she's here, and. We had repeatedly had conversations with this person about what do you want to do? What what do you see as your function within the group? Because she would kind of sometimes seem like she felt left out or even come to me and say, I know you're angry at me. And I'd say, well, I'm not angry at you at all. And I think looking back on it, I think she felt edged out because, um, you know, we had these really tight friendships on our admin team, like a and the other a and sam and some of these people like we were so close 
and she wasn't as close with us. She wasn't as involved or active on the page. So it just, there was no ill will. We just didn't develop the same level of friendship. So Jody brings her up. And what about this person? And I said, well, I mean, yeah, she's on our admin team. Well, who gets the final say? And she's pushing and pushing and pushing. And this goes on and on. I finally go, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, if we had a decision that we had to make and there had to be a final say, I guess that's me. I don't know. And that's the end of the conversation. And I remember calling um, somebody in our group who owned a restaurant and uh, but knew this person. And I said, you know, something's off. Something's going on. And everybody that we were talking to about this was going, oh, no, she would never do anything like that. I'm sure it's nothing. I'm sure it's nothing. Well, and then the bomb drops. So this is this I call this, you know, like shots fired. So we have this weird conversation. We talk about it as an admin team. We're all super concerned. Soon after, there is a selfie of Jody and another lady from our group that we had been not close with, but we'd done some things. She had hosted our yard sale to raise money. Um, she was active in our group. I really liked her. There's a selfie of them and they are down at some state office and they have filed a business license in our name and they have filed for trademark or, or something over our logo and I couldn't believe it. It was so much worse than anything I had envisioned like I can't, I can't believe this. And they posted, they, they created a new Facebook page with the same name. And at the time, Facebook would let you do that, but they had to use all lowercase and that's how they did it. And they immediately used our logo. A side note about the logo, all of these women, not all, but a huge amount of the people in this group have this logo on their car. Yeah. This logo is, is prolific. Like it's out there. Yeah, it's uh, it was it was so much fun because um, this goes back to that, like finding grace for yourself. Like I remember being in the Dairy Queen drive through and seeing a CCL sticker and just feeling validated like it's OK. I'm having some Dairy Queen. It's OK <laughs> because you are, too. And and it, you know, it became this whole thing. It it became this whole thing where people were joking about it. And like, yeah, you're like in the grocery store and you see a mom baby wearing and you go, um, I mean, I met so many of our ladies that way. They're, you know, baby wearing in the organic section of Kroger or whatever, and you realize, like, oh my gosh, I know you. Like, yeah, you're this person and oh, yeah. And you talk and, and boom, another friendship goes from online to real life. All of my closest friends I met through CCL. It's crazy to think that you can be this close with people that you met on the Internet, right? Yeah. Well, we bared all in that group. I mean, it wasn't just like, hey, y'all, where can I find blackstrap molasses? It was like heart-wrenching stories. People were bearing their souls in this group and asking for like-minded advice on some deep-rooted issues, not just in relationships, but like dealing with past trauma, like traumatic childhoods or um, past essays. There was such a community. You know, and that um, that's kind of an important part of this story because so this happens 
you know, she's done this. And what is our response? It's, oh my gosh, like we would never do this. We would never do anything bad. And so we're falling all over ourselves. So she does this and she comes out of the gate with these accusations. We did this for the good of the group. You guys don't know, but they've been embezzling all this money. It hasn't gone anywhere. And she's got these wild accusations, like the sticker money never came. And the t- we had t-shirts. Yeah, the t-shirt money never went to these people. And it's like, how would you even know? And she claimed she had proof. Yeah, and she's like, I got proof. She, she had screenshots. I have receipts, but I can't share them. My lawyer said I can't share them. Yeah, but then we give her a platform. So she's doing this in our group. And we don't delete her posts because we're like, no, we should, you know, we, we need to work this out. We need to defend ourselves. We don't want to look guilty, right? And so she's got all these accusations and it's like, okay, this is going to be fine. It's going to be fine um, because everything was done online. Very little cash was ever exchanged, you know, and that the yard sales, I'm like counting cash in front of people, giving it to the recipient. Like there's witnesses, but the majority of the the work, you know, the financing, you know, different things that was all done through PayPal. So I'm like, okay, it's gonna be fine. We we allow her to accuse us because we think, okay, we've got nothing to hide and we don't want to tear apart this community. And we love her, you know. We we something has gone very wrong. And so we give our PayPal information over to a local doctor within our community. Cause I'm thinking nobody's you know, going to think that she's going to cover and lie. So I give her the login information. She goes into her PayPal. She sees there's like three withdrawals total. There's all this money coming in. Three withdrawals total. They are to the recipients. Like it's right there in black and white. And I'm like, okay, there, it's done. It's going to be okay. Well, this is about, this is where it gets weird. Okay. (laughs) This is the part of the story that now it's weird because it doesn't get better. She just pivots. It doesn't. It just, it's like, you know, those people, if you call them out, they'll one up themselves. Mm-hmm. She did that. She's like, well, okay, so you, you called me and she never would address when we blatantly would call her out on her lies or her fabrications. Like, no, this happened and here's proof. Well, then what about this? And it's like, wait a minute. Right. Mm-hmm. There were some people that peeled off with her that really hurt. I mean, our our kind of ride or die crew, you guys stuck with us. Beck, you stuck with us. Sam, most people did. They at least stuck around and they weren't on her side. But there were some people that ate it up because I think that people... There are people that are drawn to drama and they want it to be true because if it can be true that like this community were actually secretly like evil um, egg throwing bandits, (laughs) Um, I guess we got to back up. We, so, you know, we, we think we've cleared our name. We get this doctor to disclose our PayPal. She does. It's clean. We've done nothing. Moving on. Oh, no, no, no not moving on she posts a picture in her group of eggs all over the sidewalk and the caption is something like you really shouldn't use free-range double yokers when you egg a car and then the the other person that she recruited i'll call her jay says oh yeah and witnesses saw and they were in a green honda and a white truck okay well guess who drives a green honda my husband so they don't know what I drive. 
but they know what my husband drives because I had borrowed his car when we did the yard sale at her house. You know, I don't drive his green Honda around. It was it was a two-door Accord. I got three kids. But it, that's enough because there's people that know what my husband drives because we've been a community now for three years. Like these people have been to my house. I've been to theirs. They've met my husband. We've hung out. And so now it's out there. Oh, somebody in a green Honda and a white truck just egged his house. Who takes two cars to go egg someone right right who does it in broad daylight and yeah i'm sorry i'm not i'm not you're right i'm not gonna waste free range double yokers on your car man you're getting walmart eggs man so so i panicked because people believed it and thank god i at the time i'm an hour from her house and I have professional services being rendered at our house. I have a professional organizer working with me in that moment. She's at my house when I see this on Facebook. So like I have proof. I didn't do it. I had this person at my house. She was here. Look, here we are. I took a picture thinking I can timestamp. There's my green Honda in my driveway in Kentucky. Here's me. Didn't do it. It didn't matter. And so then it just accelerates and it gets weirder. It's apples. We threw apples at her car with her baby in it. We would never throw organic apples at her car. And so the, the apple is relevant because that was part of our logo. Mm. And so that's that's why she's using this. It's, it's apples. And oh, and she was terrified. And I can't believe they would do this to a child who would do this. And people are eating it up. And then it's, oh, they hacked the Wi-Fi. They're using the Wi-Fi at McDonald's off of exit one. So it's crazy, okay? So we're, she's accusing us of vandalizing her car, assaulting her daughter, stalking her. So at this point, you know, we're, we're six months down the road, at least. And her group has a few hundred people in it, and they're trying to do what we did. We did group buys. For example, we hired a farmer in Kentucky to grow us a field of corn without spraying it. It's not organic, but it's not sprayed. And the deal is that we can sell this corn. We hand harvested it. We picked a truckload and a trailer full of corn and we bring it to another admin's driveway and we're selling this corn out of her driveway. Okay. So we're doing group buys like that. So Jody has apparently, I think, done some sort of group buy with turkeys. Gotcha. Yeah, so there's all these accusations. You know, we're we're lifting her her boudoir pictures. Well, then now more people in the community are getting involved because I assume her somebody, not us, sends these boudoir pictures to a local group, a different group, like a yard sale group or something. I don't remember which one. And claims to be us. She's using the name Jane Smith. I don't even remember what the Jane Smith's demand was, but it had to do with if that we were going to release these nudies of, of Jody if we didn't get something from her. I don't know what it was. Um, so now it's, in, it's involving other prominent groups in the community. These accusations are getting crazier and crazier and crazier to where you can't defend against them because they're so absurd. You can't have proof that you didn't send somebody into her house under the guise of turkey butchering to get her Wi-Fi password. Like, I have no receipts for that, right? <laughs> like, I'm I'm taking pictures of myself all the time. Like, here I am at Walmart. Here I am in Kentucky. Like, time stamping my location because she's escalating and escalating. And um, 
I am sitting at my doctor's office one day, prominent, kind of crunchy, crunchy doctor. He had a special nickname in our community. Everybody went to him. Well, apparently Jody did too, because I hear her behind me. Oh, no. And she is at my doctor's office, and I had a panic attack, the first panic attack I've ever had, hyperventilating. They get me back there, and guess what? Now, all of my health problems have suddenly been written off as I have a mental health problem. So we go from, we're doing testing because I have some sort of autoimmune disease. We go from doing testing for that to, you know, I think what you actually need is Xanax. And there, now my doctor is telling me that my, my issues are mental. And so it's like a, just another layer of how she derailed my life, right? Turns out I have RA. I'm on Humira now. I was genuinely sick. I was in excruciating pain. It wasn't a mental health problem. But I went years. I went years in pain without a diagnosis because of that moment in time where Terrible. I see her. She's so scary. She's accusing me of everything. I panic. I'd been to the ER a few times because I was like continually tachycardic. I'm waking up with some tachycardia thinking I'm going to have a heart attack. So I, I've been to the ER a few times. So now I'm labeled as, well, I've got a mental health problem. I have an anxiety disorder. Um, the stress of this type of abuse, this narcissistic abuse is so intense. Watching my best friend, Nicole, having these panic attacks about lies and just watching our reality be superseded by this fake narrative and everything I knew and held to be true wasn't enough. And then I think the real catalyst for me, stress-wise, is my parents had come down to visit and then Sam got an officer at her door while she was at home with her kids and basically like, we have a warrant for your arrest. And watching that play out and all of us running around like chickens with our heads cut off, like, what do we do? What do we do? What happened? Why? What is, what's the accusation? What are the details? And they couldn't give us all these details. And then we're scrambling to find these details. And I'm stressing, but I also have my parents here from across the country. So I'm trying to give them time. But then I'm watching my, my community fall apart. And I was pregnant and I lost the baby. It, um, it wrecked me. Because I had just gotten to that stage where you could really hear a very clear heartbeat. And this was a, a baby that we had been trying to get pregnant with. Because um, I had my first daughter and I really wanted to have a second child. And I lost that baby. And then just continuing to deal with the stress of it. Got pregnant again two months later. Lost that baby. I think nine, nine or ten weeks. It was just, it was constant stress. It was devastating watching this person ruin our community it was so sorry that's awful i was panicking because not only was i losing my community but then my best friend left out of her self-preservation we fully supported her we're like yes if you, this is what you got to do for your family for you and your mental health go to your safe place mm, right mission to destroy everything we had ever touched I uh I forgot about some of those um some of those points when Sam had the police Sam was one of our admin she had come on kind of in the middle of all of this actually to help yeah and had uh you know defended us pretty fiercely I 
I am not a confrontational person and I kind of operate from a place of fear. Sam is not like that. Sam uh, Sam is a warrior. Sam's a badass bitch. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yes. that You look up boss-ass bitch in the dictionary, <laughs> there's Sam. Right. And there, there was no teeth in it. It wasn't, she didn't make threats against Johnny, but she stood up for us because none of these accusations were against Sam. Sam had not been an admin when all of this started there she with her character was never in question there were never accusations against her so she, but she like verbally went to war and she would stand up for us hardcore and put this person in her place so she became a target huge target and because of her communication style and like i mean i'm gonna tell you like it is jody was able to have charges filed against her for harassment on Facebook now, Sam never went after her. Sam never personally contacted her. Come to find out years later, this person had like a brother on the police force. If I had to guess how she got these charges, that's my guess. Yeah. Because you shouldn't be able to get charges like this filed off of a Facebook comment that's just basically calling somebody out. They're... But anyway, so she gets these charges filed against her and the cops are there. Sam was nursing a baby too at yeah, had a little baby. She's got little boys nursing a baby, and they are cheering. They they have their own Facebook group, and they're cheering with glasses of wine, toasting, taking pictures. They're stalking the situation. They're parked across from her apartment complex. Yeah. The police officer just arrived. The police officer just went inside. Yeah. Oh, wow. They're giving play-by-play. They're doing the things they're accusing us of. They're stalking. They are doxing. They are doing all this stuff, and nothing we can say or do can fix it. Back to what you were saying about how she got that warrant for Sam done via, you know, Facebook post. That's the only evidence she had because no, there was nothing in texting. There was no phone calls. There was no texting. It was all on Facebook. But when we went to the police station to try to get some sort of protective order, did they would do anything? We were told it's just Facebook. It had to be through personal email or text. Yeah. Right. It's just Facebook. It was just Facebook for her. Mm. Yeah. Why Why is she able to get someone arrested that's not even threatening bodily harm, not even just like mm -hmm. just telling you to shut up, essentially, that we're getting threatened and they wouldn't do anything? Yeah. Wow. So they're about to have her arrested and somehow, and I don't remember the details, we get Sam some legal representation who's like on the phone with the cops or something like that. I, I wish I had Sam here to to give the exact detail, but they, they hold off on arresting her and she agrees to go to court. I am finding this out play by play when I am in the Walmart with my three children in the car and I lost it. I cried like I have never cried. I couldn't drive. I had to pull over. I got out of the car and threw up next to my car. And that night I called my parents and I said, I have to get out of here because she's she's gonna she's gonna get me. She's gonna get my kids. Cause I find out she's asking around where I've moved. Mm -mm. That's part of the story. So I lived in Kentucky. Our house was infested with black mold. It was growing up our furniture. It was in our HVAC system. We couldn't get it fixed. We couldn't afford to get it fixed. Our insurance denied. So we decided to foreclose. So we left that house and we moved on post. We didn't tell anybody. There were two people that knew where I lived and that I had moved. A and A. That's it. 
But she, I find out Jody is asking around about where I live. And I'm thinking, okay, if she can get witnesses that can say that they saw me throwing apples at her baby and she can get the cops to go arrest Sam for face for nothing for Facebook. What's to say she can't get somebody to say I saw kick her child. Mm -hmm. So my daughter has um, multiple autoimmune diseases that at the time weren't all diagnosed. So I have this 11 year old who's the size of a five year old. I'm taking her to the doctor. I can't figure out what's wrong with her. She's not growing. I'm getting gaslit from the medical establishment where I had a naturopath tell me, well, you just need to feed her more and you need to look in the mirror and say, I'm healthy no matter what my mom says. Oh my God. So I am like homeschooling my, I have a child who looks like we don't feed her. She's just bones. What's to say I'm not starving my kid or whatever. So I call my parents and I say, I got to get out of here. I'm afraid she's going to come after my kids. That's always been the, the, my biggest fear is something happening in my children and the thing I'm most protective over. And so my parents who don't have money, um, they charge three plane, four plane tickets on a credit card and we take off. I get on a plane the next day. I don't tell anybody but A&A where I went. Nobody knows. And my thinking is that the next time she accuses me of egging her car or doing something nuts, I can snap a picture and be like, lady, I'm across the country. Mm -hmm. Here I am, obviously, like, look at the giant mountains and snow. I'm obviously not in Tennessee. I'm in Colorado, I'll say. And I left. I left for three months. I got off of Facebook. I didn't communicate with anybody. I was gone. I just, I was gone. And unfortunately, by that point, she wasn't making these accusations anymore. She had kind of won to a degree. Sam was in the middle of a court case. CCL, we're not super active on it anymore. Well, then we find out what it's all about. We find out that she is opening up a crunchy store, a brick and mortar store. Mm. It's like a farmer's market. That's where it started, though. Remember, it started with the farmer market. She wanted to run her own outside of any city's brand market, her own crunching market, open air crunchy market. Yeah, I remember the name. I, I don't know if I should say that. Oh, let's not put the name out there. Just, you know, no. We don't want to park. Let's just call it the open air crunchy market. And that was getting some legs. And this was back when she was being sketchy, but she hadn't like, shh, she didn't shoot her shot. And we supported it. We were like, heck yeah. Like we free advertising on the group. Go support the crunchy market. Support your local farmers. Support your backyard gardeners. Support your local artisans, your local butcher. Like, let's make, let's get some local, like, local community, local movement. And, you know, we had Amish and Mennonite over there. So there was a lot of stuff to be had. Mm -hmm. And then she, it really got some legs. And she's like, you know what? Let's make this a brick and mortar. So essentially, imagine an open air crunching market inside a building where you don't have your typical brand name things on the shelf. Everything is crafted. Everything is from a local farmer. Me and Nicole and the other A, we were even making products at that time. We were making things and like local herbal-y things. We would have totally been down with it. Like, yeah, it sounds amazing. We were supporting with this kind of stuff. 
Yeah, she came to us and said, hey, I'm going to do this thing. Will you guys support it? Will you advertise first? Will you help me get this off the ground? We would have been like, hell yeah. Yeah, we'd put a sticker. That's something else with the stickers that we back, you know, backtracking with the stickers. Businesses would buy the sticker and put it on their windows to say, you know, this is CCL supported. Mm -hmm. If you're a crunchy lady, you can come here. Right. Yeah. And so when we find out that she's starting this brick and mortar store, it's sort of like the sixth sense where you see him realize, oh, my gosh, I'm dead. Mm -hmm. It was this moment of everything coming together and we go, oh, that's what this is about. She, that's all it was about. I think that at the end of the day, this whole thing started because she wanted our Influence. perceived power. Yeah. I mean, we did at the time, and I say we as in the, the collective group. I mean, it's it was four or 5,000 active people. We did have the power to lift up a business like that. Absolutely. And we did. We did with local restaurants. We did it with local herb places, with chiropractors, with we did this. We built community in a real sense. Our group, yeah, I could see why she would want that advertising power, but all she had to do was just ask. Yeah, self-serving. I mean, if she had come to us and said, this is what I'm doing, will you guys support it? We would have been like, yes, we are in. How can we help? But instead, she did all of this. So at that point, I, we're done. And we, we just decided, I remember sitting at A's table, um, the other A, and we're, we're there as a group, we're having dinner, and we just decide we're going to walk away. But we love this community. We, we can't just abandon these ladies. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to help a new admin team start a new group with a similar name, and we are going to close our group and encourage everybody to go over there. Same community, just different admin. And that's what we did. We walked away from it. Yeah, trying to show, like, at the base of all of Jody's claims against us is that we were power hungry, that we were self-serving. She was projecting, you know, we're over here just living it off your guys' money. And it was our way of saying, if we were scammers, would we hand it all over? Mm -hmm. If it was about money, would we give it up? We care more about this community than us running it. This community is bigger than us. It's more important than us. Yes, we want to still run it. Yes, we're mourning it. Like, oh my gosh, the tears shed at that table over this. Yeah. Gut-wrenching. It's like losing, losing that group. Was, it was like losing best friends, right? Not just like a falling out, but losing them forever. They're no long, they no longer exist. Well, and it's, it's, this is now four years down the road. It's four years of building. It's four years of, honestly, for me anyway, um, realizing that I have neglected my own family. For the sake of this community. It's four years of relationships and memories and doing great, huge things. And it's just, it was for nothing. You know, it felt like it was for nothing. Like, we're just going to walk away from it. Because we love this group and we don't ultimately want it to be for nothing. We don't want to just close the group and have no no home for them. We don't want to just close the group and have Jody scoop them up. We want this group to move to live on. We want people to connect. And so, you know, it was never about the power. There never was any money. You know, I paid for the website out of my own pocket. You know, any expenses, you know, we fronted those. We would get reimbursed if we had to, um, say, buy a run of stickers initially. But other than that, it was just actually a net loss if you were to 
really sit down and, and look at numbers. But it, that was how we felt like we could finally clear our name once and for all, that it was never about money. It was never about power. It was never about notoriety. It was about you guys. It was about the community. And here you go. Take it. We could stand to lose the community because we had each other. We didn't want the community to lose each other because so many of those moms and, and young women were alone. They were in the position that caused us to start the group in the first place. We felt alone in our crunchiness because I don't know how many of the listeners here uh, live in the South. It is not a hotbed of crunchiness, right? Um, unless that hotbed is also deep fried. <laughs> right. You feel alone. Mm-hmm. You really do feel alone in all the things where Nicole and I, we were unknowingly lived like 40 minutes from each other growing up. Crunchiness is commonplace. Mm-hmm. Having a, a like a victory style garden to get your stuff from, common. Having herbal supplement stores all over, common. Having small craft coffee shops everywhere Mm -hmm. super common you don't have just one coffee shop you got a plethora right now i i I could go buy myself a raw goat milk latte at a coffee shop where i live (laughs) Um, and i could have 10 years ago yeah sweetened with raw harvested yesterday honey i mean it's (laughs) right Uh, we sell honey at the nonprofit I work at, actually, that we have hives behind our building. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, when we found out about the business that she was starting, I um, I remember praying uh, that God would take the legs out from underneath her movement. We close up shop. We hand it over. I'm not in the new group for a long time. Um, I want not nothing to do with it. Because I love it so much, it's so painful. I couldn't give a baby up for adoption and then peek in and watch and see how they were raising that baby. Well, not only that, I think a part of it also, for me, I didn't want my presence to taint the group. I didn't want her to come after the new group because I was there. Yeah. Like, it was a good, gosh, like almost six months not in it. When we did that, the response in Jody's little Facebook group was, they were like, I can't believe they would do that. Oh, terrible of them. Abandoning everybody. It ended up, well, it ended up being a win for us because that was kind of maybe the beginning of the end for them because it, it did what we thought it would do. It kind of showed the community it wasn't about us. It was about the community. There was nothing more to create drama over. We weren't a part of the new group. The new group had nothing to do with Jody. I, you know, I think it was the right choice. So Sam is still, I believe, on trial at this point. And Jody is telling her people, oh, it's going really well. We're going to win. You know, she's going to go to jail. And she's lying to them about the dates. And Sam finds this out. And so Sam just goes to the group and says, the court hearing just happened, like the final hearing. When Jody was put on the stand, she recanted everything she had put in the police report. Well, that didn't really happen. Well, that didn't really happen. And Sam noticed, wait a minute, why are none of her people here? Why is she here alone? You'd think that she'd have her army with her if she was alone. Well, it was because she was going back and reporting to her group how well it was going. So the judge is ready to toss it. And Sam says, no, I don't want this to be tossed. I want to be found innocent. 
and there's a difference. And so it went all the way to trial. She was found innocent and nobody knew. Nobody in Jody's group knew that because she lied to them and said, and this was her critical mistake. She said, oh yeah, she was convicted. Well, that's public record. Mm -hmm. And so Sam was able to go to the group and and I might have the timeline of this a little wrong because this isn't my part of the story and show them no I was found innocent charges weren't dismissed I was found innocent and that really I think was a big blow to her movement and then she got caught oh god it all started rolling down it all falls apart so all of this you know Amish butter she's selling Turns out she's buying butter from Walmart and repackaging it. Oh, no way. She's buying, yes. In bricks of that Irish grass-fed butter that so many people like. Melting it down, reforming it, repackaging it. Pure Amish love. Here you go. Oh, scam artist. And so her store, I think it was maybe open a couple of months. They never did it around opening. And now it's falling apart because there's people have put in orders for half cows or pigs. The lamb. And they've put deposits down as the lamb. The lamb. Remember? The Easter lamb. It's it's all these delays. Oh, the farmer this. Oh, the farmer that. And it's delays and delays and nobody ever gets their product. And she just sort of quietly falls off the radar. The business closes. Pocketing hundreds of dollars in the process. The the group be, is abandoned. Um, one of the most satisfying moments of this whole thing was when somebody added me to that group and it was adminless and I made myself the admin and closed the group. And that was so healing to at the end of the day it's been a couple of years of this at this point we we did win in the sense that she didn't that was our victory uh and then at this point her co-conspirator in all of this sends me a facebook message apologizing and acknowledging that it was jody all along and then there's all these other wild stories. Hey, you know, you know these stories better than me. Oh my gosh, y'all. Part of like when she got caught in the lie with Sam and then she got caught in the lie with the butter and then she had took hundreds of dollars from people because you had to prepay. When you do a bulk group pay like that, you don't get commitment, you get payment. And she took hundreds of dollars from people for Easter lamb. It was symbolic, y'all. Easter lamb had a farmer that was going to raise these lambs, you know, all crunchy-like, never delivered, and she never reimbursed. She never refunded. Oh, wow. And it came to, like, she was telling her buyers one thing and telling the farmer the other. Farmer never got the money. They never got the lamb. And then the farmer had just raised all these lambs. She's like the Bernie Madoff of the South. Oh, my God. Country Ponzi. Exactly. And it was insane the amount of, like, we would start hearing, like, more. As soon as she started retreating from that group, because she was just getting blasted at this point, like, where's our money, Jody? And she would retreat back, but then we would start getting just random messages like, hey, hey, girl, hey. I used to be in the original group, and now I'm in the new group, and I wanted to let you know what happened to me, and there were stories of her getting into altercations with some of her co-conspirators, getting so mad 
at them and would uh, allegedly, I want to throw that out there, allegedly would burn down their chicken coop with chickens in it. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Because better the chickens burn up than be raised by a deceitful liar. Like that was her, her justification. Like you were, you were being a deceitful liar. So those chickens should go to chicken heaven rather than be raised by you. Oh, wow. You know, and coming out of the woodwork were people that had backed her and said terrible things about us. I mean, I, I was looking through the screenshots in preparation for this, and I had to stop because it was so painful. And here they come. Hey, hat in hand. So, you know, I'll, I'm, I'm really sorry that I believed her, but, and there's always a but, but you guys, you know, should have done this or this or this. There And, um... You know, that's that's nice. Or like victim victim blame and victim shame. Why didn't you? Why did you let her? Yeah, or yeah, why didn't you do this? Um, excuse me, were you not there? We didn't let her do anything. Right. Jody did Jody. Well, and we we actually we had a lawyer, despite what she would allege. Oh, they don't have a lawyer because you know, where's their lawyer? Well, he's in court because he's a lawyer. He's not a Facebook lawyer. There are no Facebook lawyers. Like I can't call him every time you post something on Facebook. You know, years go by. I so I'm there, but my husband gets out of the army and I have to decide what are we gonna do? I mean, I, I've said before, I'm still afraid of her. And it's been years. And that was the deciding factor in us choosing to leave. And we moved back to our homeland um, in the Northwest. That was brutal. I have a baby buried there. I have my best friends there. That was my life. That was my home. It felt more like home than home. And, and I left. Every now and then, I will go look her up on Facebook because I'm afraid of her. I don't know where she's at. And I'm afraid of what she'll do to the people that I love. Um, you know, I'm far enough away and, you know, that I'm, I'm not so worried about me, but I'm just worried about her in general. And one day I go to her Facebook page and I'm, you know, just seeing what she's up to. Oh, she's still there. Darn. I, I'm always hoping she's moved on. And I see some posts and she, uh, this is probably the most obvious sowing and reaping or karma coming to fruition thing I've ever seen in my life. She was in a horrific accident and lost her leg in the accident. And I sat there stunned and I immediately felt guilty because I had prayed that God would take the legs out of from under her organization. And uh, I don't think God took her leg. I, I just sat there like, what do I do with this? Do I tell anybody? There's all these feelings of seeing, you know, somebody who hurt you and terrorized you for years so helpless and alone. And um, I told you're not and I and I said what had happened and everybody just couldn't like they're like, what are you talking about? Like, why are why are we joking about this? And it's like, no, no, this is real. And, you know, again, I. I'm a good and loving and kind person, and I am not a mean girl at all. But there is a certain level of poetic justice here that I have to acknowledge that mm -hmm. she really did have the legs taken out from under her, metaphorically and physically. And if that means that she can't terrorize anybody anymore or hurt people anymore, then, you know, I'm not going to raise my glass and toast that and toast her demise, but I am very thankful that 
hopefully she can't hurt anybody anymore. You can only think that that's God's way of humbling her, hopefully. I hope, you know. Some might say she was knocked down a peg or two, but, you know. I'll be a little petty amongst the group, but because um, <laughs> I remember while we were going through it, it always felt so unfinished. It always felt like, you know, when it's like the, the last episode of Game of Thrones, you're like, mm, that's not the ending I wanted. Right. <laughs> I'm sitting here like it feels so incomplete. Like, where's our vindication? Where's our justification? Who, like, who's giving the final this is it and i really felt like that was actually the door shutting mm -hmm. right on jody chapter it was just like i remember praying fervently like lord let the truth be free right like let the light you know let the light seek every dark corner like let all things come to light even on our end like if there was any impropriety on our end let it like all the things come to light and i just felt really almost bitter that that didn't seem to be happening while it was happening right and we were doing our damnedest to to survive it and to just be forthcoming like even though nobody asked we were like oh and look at this like more proof of our innocence look please believe us and it was just like oh man it was really hard to not let it absorb you to suck you in right because for a while there, man, it sucked us more in than the original group did. It was our lives. We ate, slept, nothing but Jody drama. Mm -hmm. It just felt like it would never end. It was just always going to be the next thing. Like she was just going to come after the next thing. We had good people just wash their hands of us in the group. Like they didn't go to her side, but they just washed their hands like, nope. Yeah. Obviously, you must be doing something wrong if you brought this kind of drama onto yourself. So. I find myself now always trying to distance myself from anything that feels like drama to my own demise because there are times where like I need to speak up and I don't because I don't want to be perceived as dramatic. I I think that that's kind of a lingering thing left over from this with Jody is that was hard that that um, perception of drama and people just sort of going you know I don't know what's the truth. But there must be something to it for you guys to be in this situation. There must be, you know, and it's just all this drama and I don't do drama. And I'm like, I don't do drama either. But here we are where now I just kind of back down. I, I don't want to have drama. I just had a situation actually with somebody in my life, um, not a friend, but just somebody I have to interact with that had a very dramatic moment yelling and screaming and um uh, accusing me of things that this that they had done I just walked away like this and I came back the next day I had to be there and I kind of had a panic attack and had to leave um, and I I can't do that I can't I can't have those moments I'm not sure what to do with it you know this is kind of the fallout from from narcissistic abuse is that it's been years and yet here we are you know we talk about it and come to tears it's been years and I I still struggle there's not really a happy ending here. There's no group therapy for Facebook trauma. We had such amazing, deeply connected, poignant moments in our community. We did these photo shoots to celebrate breastfeeding, where it was just these beautiful golden hour. Everybody wear their frou-frou nature fairy outfit. 
and we're all going to dress up. We did these like female empowering drum circles. I mean, it was just learning to really love yourself and and your power as a woman, like standing in yourself and supporting each other. And that's the thing that really was the sucker punch was our group was so deeply rooted in that and for another female to come in and usurp it the way she did and at the same time render us completely powerless it only takes one bad apple ah so many jobs but i'm about yeah i mean it's just one rotten egg in the batch not a double yoker though not a double yoker not a double yoker and you know and i guess there's there's it's hard to end this because what's the ending i can't sit here and celebrate that she lost a leg no, of course not, because you're not that kind of person. <laughs> right. The group is done. And I guess the happy ending is that, you know, we're okay. I still have my core group of friends. We don't see each other like I wish we did, but we're here and we can pick up at any time. I, I know that I could move back today and I would immediately have my ride or die crew. I can go a month without talking to a and we're still sisters. We're still best friends. She's still my platonic life partner. You know, I imagine someday we're going to be old ladies living together because we'll outlive our husbands. <laughs> we take better care of ourselves and it'll just be she and I again rocking and uh, drinking our raw milk. <laughs> well, you can drink milk. <laughs> yeah, she we'll, we'll just be sitting there rocking. I don't know. That's that's the end, really. I think the happy ending here is the legacy of it all, because that group still does exist. That group still has thousands of women that connect with each other, that showed up long after all of this drama, all of these things. But because it was started, there was a spark there. Those women are still being supported. I can connect almost every one of my friendships back to that group, my local friendships anyway, back to that group in some way. Mm -hmm. There's a ripple effects today that are very positive and hopefully make it worth it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there, you know, I I still maintain contact with some of the businesses from that time. It is a little defeating when you see something going on and you're like, oh, we would have helped. Mm -hmm. We would have fixed that. We would have turned that around. We could have saved this. But yeah, I learned a lot of really hard life lessons going through that. And even before Jody struck there's just a lot of good lessons out of that group that I, it sticks with you. Mm -hmm. It's not like tangible lessons, like when you learn to do a skill, but it's just like, it's in there. I'm going to remember it and how I proceed in the future. Right. And that's what life is. If you don't learn from your lessons, then you just repeat them. So that's just how I learn. Oh man, this is kind of cathartic talking about all of this. I'm glad. Good. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for sharing this story. I know it was very painful and it's hard to walk through all of these things again, but I think it's a really important message about how even on the internet, like those are real relationships and people can really blow up your real life with just a bit of bad intention and the lasting effect that narcissistic abuse can have regardless of the form that it took. And I think it will really help people listening who may have someone that's just that kind of toxic in their life Yeah, to talk about it. So it's an important story. Definitely. Well, thanks for having us.
Thank you for doing I think it's also important that people know that you don't have to do anything to attract the attention of a narcissist. Right. We did not provoke her. We did not invite this in. We carefully crafted that community to be what it was, and she just saw opportunity. Right. Absolutely. Because it, it's a group of kind women who want to help each other. And she took advantage of that. And we weren't a suspicious group. Like, we weren't a suspicious people. Like, if somebody came to us with a need, we took them at face value. Right. On to bigger and better things, right? Yes. Love you guys. Yes. I'm really thankful that I got to meet both of you through that and people who I'm still friends with to this day. And I feel like a lot of really good came out of it, even if there was a Jody-shaped bump in the road. Yeah. But thank you again so much. Thank you. Thank you for having us. <laughs> Have a good one. Good to meet you later. You too. Nice to meet you. Bye. Bye. Nice to meet you. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it so much. If you want to support our show further, you can share our podcast with your friends, follow us on our socials at Pod, or sign up for our Patreon to help keep the show going with a donation. Or you can become a patron for exclusive access to bonus content and interact with us and other loyal listeners on our feed. Meanwhile, if you liked what you heard today, please leave us a positive review. If you didn't, no worries. Move on about your day. If you want to share your story on our show, please visit our website at ngcompod.com to fill out the contact us form. Thanks again for listening.